You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Joe and Amber, the podcast. A tradition unlike any other. Of course, I'm talking about Joe and Amber here on <laughs> ESPN Radio. I mean, we weren't here yesterday on ESPN Radio, but normally we are a tradition unlike any other. Joe, we're back in the saddle. Boy, are we. We've got a lot to get to today, too. This is the rare day where I think to myself, we could do a three, four, five-hour show. We've got UFC 287. We've got the NBA play-in tournament structure getting situated. We've got everything that's going on at Augusta. But then you think to yourself, that's eh, Friday night. Two hours is good. Then it's cocktail time, right? <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest here. Uh, it is that. At Joe Fortenbaugh, that's how you find him on social media. At Amber W Sports, that is how you find me. And all you have to do to listen to us is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. You mentioned a lot to get to. Let's start with the Masters. Brooks Kepka. he is playing quite the game of golf thus far in Augusta. Four-time major champ. He fired five under 67 in today's second round to move to 12 under after 36 holes. That, of course, happening at the 87th Masters. The second round is going to have to continue tomorrow. We're getting a, a, new, a, little, a little extra golf, so to speak, on a Saturday. The second round is going to pick up at 8 a.m. tomorrow on ESPN, Joe. It's possible we're going to get a Masters Monday. The way that would things be fantastic. are shaping out. The, the weather has been bad in Augusta. A tree fell at Augusta today. Uh, thankfully, nobody was injured. That whole thing was wild. They stopped play for a moment with that. Uh, they had to pause play because of the weather. So things have been suspended. The weather this weekend supposed to not be great there in Augusta. We might get a Masters Monday. It has been uh, many, many years. Uh, 1983 was the last time we had a Masters Monday. The tree falling on the course. Thank God nobody was hurt because I there mean, are so many people that are on that course. So the fact that that happened and we avoided any sort of disaster. But as they say in Happy Gilmore, play it as it lies, Mr. Gilmore. Play it as it lies. Now, I don't think that actually came into play. But this is the leaderboard of dreams right here. Brooks mm-hmm. Kepka, John Rahm. You've got Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Jason Day back from the dead. Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Cam Young. Phil Mickelson's four under and tied for 10th. Rounding out the top 20, Harris English is in there. Matt Fitzpatrick, who won the U.S. Open last year. The leaderboard is absolutely stacked. And what we're seeing is, for the most part, a direct result of the draw. The golfers who went out late Thursday, early Friday, because that's how tee times work. If you're the early tee time on Thursday, you become the late tee time on Friday. If you're the late tee time on Thursday, you're the early tee time on Friday. They switch. And if you got the late Thursday, early Friday draw, as Brooks Kepka did, you ended up with a huge advantage because you were able to avoid this weather. And Kepka mm-hmm. has torn apart this course. He was bogey-free today. I think it was three birdies and an eagle. or uh, Yeah, three birdies and an eagle, I believe, on his card. He's looking fantastic. 
12 under. Next one back, John Rahm, 9 under. But again, Rahm hasn't completed his round. He's halfway through, so he has a chance to bring this thing tight. I love the leaderboard. Tiger's tied for 50th right now, which is where the cut line is. He has a few holes to play. Tomorrow morning when this thing starts at 8 a.m. Eastern, keep in mind, there's still a 98% chance of rain. So when you're talking about a Monday finish, it's not just because today got delayed. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow could be delayed significantly as well. Yeah, they've got to pack a lot of golf in here over the next couple days in order to try to catch up. And like you said, the weather might be delaying things throughout the weekend as well. The problem for the field right now is that Brooks Kepka doesn't typically lose when he's leading things and dominating things the way that he is so far. He has a history of holding leads in majors that suggests it's going to be very difficult for anybody else. He previously held the 36 or 54 hold lead in five majors. He won four of those. So when oh, he's Brooks a beast. Kepka's, I mean, when Brooks Kepka's got a lead. Now, it's easy to say, well, is Kepka still a beast? Because we've seen a decline here over the last couple of years, although I don't know if people realize the injuries that Brooks Kepka has been suffering over the last couple of years. In 2021, he slipped at his house, he knocked his kneecap out of place, and he tried to put it back into place himself. He Ugh. shattered his kneecap. Shattered his kneecap. Oh, my That's God. one of, by you the way. just said he had a knee injury and moved on. I mean, it's on. so gro- gruesome, but that's what details. he was working his way back from. He had surgery right before the 2022 masters if i have this right and then went out there when the doctors told him it was going to take him a year and a half to recover and went out there and played horribly and then he revealed uh on the mics today or this week that he tried to punch a hole in the courtesy car that he was given by mercedes and he tried to punch a hole in the back window multiple times that apparently mercedes benz have a very tough back windows because he wasn't able to do it when he missed the cut so he has missed the cut here and now he's coming all the way from that back to this but again coming back from a series of injuries including that very gruesome injury he seems to be fully healed and this story is so interesting because he's a live golfer and he's a live golfer who has not been getting the world ranking points he's a live golfer of course who is in a situation because he's not getting the world ranking points he's about to fall out of that top whatever it is I don't have it in front of me that you have to be in in order to qualify here for the masters And he has the window where he can appear in these majors, but it's going to expire. If he wins the Masters, though, you get a lifetime invitation to the Masters. Lifetime. So it won't matter that that he's not right now getting points for the world rankings and that he's a live golfer. He'll still be there in the Masters, but he has to win it in order to not have to deal with any of that. It's been interesting the way the world has perceived this tournament and how we've, shall we say, discussed and covered some golfers and how we've discussed and covered others. One I want to point out is Phil Mickelson, who's kind of like the face of Liv after Mm -hmm. Greg Norman, who was not invited to Augusta. Mickelson's 10th, which any other year would be an unbelievable story to see lefty in 10th place. No one's talking about it because he's on the live tour now. So everyone's just kind of hoping he fades away. Kepka's well, he's 52, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a fact. Like, 10th is amazing. It's and I incredible. do think it's a big story. I do think it's a big story. I have, I've been seeing it. But, yeah, it's also like it's it's early, you know, and Not he's 52. The way it would be. So let's see. Well, yeah. Now, 
he's in 10th on Sunday or on Monday. We end up having a Masters Monday. You know, I think it's going to have to be talked about. If Kepka is leading this thing, I mean, it's going to turn things on its head. It's going to happen sometime, even if it doesn't happen this year. It's going to happen yeah. sometime. You would imagine one of these live golfers is going to be in this situation at this thing. And right now it looks like Brooks Kepka is well on his way. He fallen to 118th in the official world golf rankings. So he would fall out of it. Uh, his last victory in a major came in the 2019 PGA Championship. That gave him that five-year exemption with the Masters. That runs out next year. So if he doesn't win the Masters in the next two years, Brooks Kepka probably won't be able to play in it again. Two factors that could work against him here. Number one, given the weather issues today and likely tomorrow morning, he could be sitting around for quite some time before he gets back out on that course. Mentally, he is a very strong golfer. He's one of the toughest mental golfers on the on the tour. So I'm not, or I should say in golf because he's not on the tour anymore. So I'm not too worried about what the delay is going to do to him from a mental standpoint. But number two, John Rahm, nine under, three back, nine holes to play. Rom traditionally here might start a little slow, which I believe is exactly what he did again yesterday. He opened with a double bogey and then came storming back to fire a 65 in the opening round. Think about that. To open double bogey at the Masters and then shoot 65, that's an incredible recovery. He's going to be pushing. And if he's within range, those two could have a duel for the ages. Sam Bennett is an incredible story. He's eight under. Uh, if, if no one knows this, Bennett's an amateur. He's an amateur who's eight under overall, four under. He got through his round uh, today, I believe. So he's fired back-to-back 68s. He's going to move on to the weekend. It's very rare to see an amateur in the top three heading into the weekend. He is 23 years old from Texas A&M. And an amateur has never won the Masters. They came in second once, I think, back in the 1950s. If he was to win this thing, that's great because he gets to wear the jacket. He doesn't get the two and a half million dollars that the winner otherwise would get. That gets that redistributed that's to all the pros behind him. Like that sucks. The but people I'm who sure absolutely so do cool not need that money. All those guys are there on private right. jets. They do not need that money. Like, they should come together and better. Venmo him that cash. No kidding. That is wild. Oof. He can't get more than I think seven hundred and fifty dollars of the two and a half million. What's that get you? Because he is an amateur. I they don't even get you gas these days. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that's the rules, if I recall. That is amazing. Uh, an amateur hasn't won any major since 1934. And then I mentioned one amateur came in in the 50s. Is that Francis we met? Who was second. that? Really? You're asking me follow-ups on 1934 golf facts? I thought it was the 19. I thought it was the, they, we, they made a movie out of that. 1932 win major. I'm going to hit the old Google machine. My, my 1934 golf knowledge is slightly limited. Johnny Goodman next. outlasted Ralph Goodall by a single stroke to win his only major championship, the 1933 U.S. Open, it looks like. I remember oh, it that? well. Coming up next here <laughs> on ESPN Radio, a different kind of approach to making the play-in. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. The Dallas Mavericks seemed like they were trying to make a postseason, and all of a sudden, maybe the plan has changed in Dallas. We will get into that in just moments. Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get into what's happening with the Dallas Mavericks, though, Joe is going to try to earn you a little money with the betting advice. Let's do it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we gave you six during Wednesday's show, all Masters-related. Five have yet to be decided. Only one was. It was Scotty Scheffler over Rory McIlroy in the opening round. That's a winner. So for the last show, we were 1-0 plus one unit. Overall, the show is 69-62 and 62 plus 15.8 units. Pizza Money number one tonight. It's the only pick on tonight's card. The rest will be UFC action that we lay out throughout the course of the show. Warriors minus nine over the Sacramento Kings. Very simple here. The Kings have listed their seven top players as questionable for tonight's game. I'm willing to wager that none of those guys play, and if they do, they're going to see limited time. Golden State wants to win this game badly because if they win, I believe they go ahead and lock up a non-play-in spot. That's going to be left for the Lakers, so they would be able to take the week off before the first round of the playoffs next week. Warriors have won six of eight. Of those six wins, four were by double digits. This is a big one for them. Pizza money number one, Warriors minus nine over the Kings. I thought we would be up there, but we obviously aren't. I don't have a single negative syllable to utter about Kyrie Irving. He is not the problem in Dallas. Total disaster, and if they don't make the play-in, the offseason looms as a major, major question mark. Luka is the one that has a huge question mark hovering over him. Luka gets 41. They lose a game. Luka's not only depressed after the game, he looks depressed during the game. So there are problems in Dallas any way you cut it, no matter who you point a finger at. But it's not going to be Kyrie Irving's fault tonight. They have a must-win game against Chicago, a game that the Mavericks have to win to avoid being eliminated from any sort of play-in scenario. If they lose tonight, they ain't going to the postseason. So what have the Dallas Mavericks decided to do? Well, they've decided to naturally sit Kyrie Irving and four key role players and oh by the way Joe Luca is going to play which seems super odd until I looked into it a little bit further but he's only going to play the, for the first quarter 
And then he's not going to play again. And Jason Kidd may have slipped in telling us that Luca is quite literally never going to play again. But it's obvious before we get to that sound, it's obvious here, Joe, that if you're not playing Kyrie Irving, then you're not trying to win a must-win basketball game, right? This is an all-timer right here. I mean, the focus will be on on Irving and to some extent Luca, But Christian Wood is being listed as not playing due to rest. Now, think about that for a second. Christian Wood and, needs some rest, Joe. Come on. Yeah, it's- and ask yourself whether or not the NBA has a problem where a team in a must-win situation for the playoffs late in the year is sitting a guy they acquired in the offseason that was supposed to come in and be a big deal. They're sitting him and they're listing it as rest. Like, at least have the audacity to lie to us and list it as a knee or a hamstring or a shoulder. They're listing it as rest. I think what an rules. embarrassment. I think, I think you can't do that, right, to some, some extent. Like, I think if you get you know caught, what? he doesn't have an injury, and you're listing as an injury, it's some sort of fine. But you know what? Oof. You have a good point because everybody always, you know, there's a little tightness in my back. Yeah. There's I a mean, little tightness in my shoulder. Who's you know? going to check? The rest <laughs> thing is just an embarrassment. So here's how this goes down. In a, in a bid, a failed bid to try to make the playoffs and put a serious push together, the Dallas Mavericks took Spencer Dinwiddie, their best defender in Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 second-round pick, a 2029 unprotected first-round pick, and a 2029 second-round pick, and they shipped them off to Brooklyn for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. This was a complete disaster of a trade. They're shutting everyone down, even though they're not mathematically eliminated, which is an insult to everybody out there. Everybody out there. It's an insult to the sport, and it's an insult to competition that they would do something like this. And now they're going to move in the offseason, and I'm assuming... Kyrie Irving's going to go sign elsewhere. This is going to go down as one of the all-time worst trades. And that's not radio hyperbole where you're just trying to stir people up. Like, find me worse trades than this trade. This was awful. You gave up a lot of good talent and assets in exchange for nothing and got nothing out of it. It's I would say the, the only thing you could argue, if I'm playing devil's advocate, that maybe you got out of it is just showing Luka Doncic that you're willing to try that you're willing to try anything that you're willing to essentially put your money where your mouth is at least in terms of a trade to bring in a guy with the talent level of Kyrie Irving Kyrie has his problems Kyrie actually hasn't been the main problem there in Dallas but he is a wildly talented player nobody disputes that when he's on the floor and so you can at least show Luka hey, we are this committed to you that we're even willing to cough up assets if it doesn't work out. We will continue to try throughout your career. This is our commitment to you. That would be the only thing I think that you could argue. Let me spin that back at you. And that's a great point. You could argue that. And then my argument would be, but when you try, it's incompetent. So how much more trying do I want? I wanted you to try to sign Jalen Brunson. And then the report comes out from Mark Cuban yesterday where Cuban basically blamed um, Brunson's dad for making it too difficult of a negotiation. So he went and signed with the Knicks and he's playing great with the Knicks. The Knicks look fantastic right now. I yes. mean, this I is mean, just Jaylen an all-time Brunson's disaster. Dad works for the Knicks, right? But also, it's not like Jalen. It's not like the Knicks just hired Jalen Brunson's dad because he's Jalen Brunson's dad. Like that's not how it worked. He's had several other jobs in the league before this, uh, with the same staff, by the way. So, regardless of that situation, you let a guy with that level of talent in Brunson, and we see what he's doing with the Knicks, walk for nothing, and that was a huge problem. You had the opportunity to extend him before that. You waited to see what you had in Brunson far too long. It's kind of the story 
of Mark Cuban's career. There's been a lot of that in his career and him swinging and missing on these players or waiting too late to hand them the deal and they end up somewhere else. So is that going to happen with Luca? Is Luca going to eventually end up leaving this Dallas, Maver- Dallas Mavericks team because he's disgruntled? I would imagine that's why Cuban took the swing with Kyrie because he's, he's worried about that. Like, you can't let Luca leave you. He's a generational talent. But this move is weird. The Mavericks just beat the Kings. They beat the Kings in a very important game, 123 to 119. They were playing on Wednesday, clearly, to make a postseason. And then all of a sudden, Friday... They're obviously playing at this point not to. And the only reason Luca's playing the first quarter, it seems, maybe, is because it's Slovenia night for the Dallas Mavericks. And there you have one it. One could, yeah. One there could you play. have it. Fantastic. It well, seems like that anyways. I mean, I like Cuban as an owner, but he's got to figure it out because it's going to turn out that the Hawks are going to end up winning that Trey Young trade if uh, Luca ends up trying to work his way out of Dallas. And that could happen this offseason. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, games on the line – Would you want anyone else? We'll explain. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Now it's time for us to take a look-see at the sounds that we might have missed over the last 24 hours. Let's get it. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. The Philadelphia 76ers have not made the conference finals since 2001. This is a hell of a process. AI, baby. still waiting for it to amount to anything. And this year's Sixers, can they put it all together? Is this going to be the season? Well, Harry Douglas says it better be. Is this sort of a now or never moment for Philly? I believe so. I believe so because of... You don't know what's going to happen with James Harden in the future. Also, depending on what you do in the playoffs, you don't know about Doc Rivers' future, right? So you have those two things that are up in the air and a lot of spectacle, 
you know, when it comes to James Harden and also Doc Rivers. So you want to, you know, try to capitalize on the moment right now. That sound, that sound was key, from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, I should mention, because those guys were actually doing a KJM takeover today, Fitz and Harry. Go ahead, Harry oh, Black yeah? filling in for James Steele. All right, guys, easy question. Do you agree with Mr. Douglas? Is it now or never for the Sixers? Joe, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, I'm a Sixers fan. Like, what do you want me to say here? I would like to see them get past the second round. I have such little hope for a team with the MVP and so much talent that wins so many games every single year because I know what happens. They get to the postseason, and either they donk it off themselves like they did the year they got swept right out of the, out of the uh, bubble by the Celtics, or it's like the year Kawhi hits that crazy circus shot. Like, one way or another, they're going down. It's either their own volition or the other team is just going to be too good for them. So, in terms of now or never, yeah. I mean, I don't think Harden wants to be there. I don't know how else they're going to make this team any better. They've made a series of bad moves over the course of this, quote, process that if they had just done a few things differently, they could be in better shape. So, now or never, I mean, I just think it's going to be never no matter what. I don't even want to get myself too excited. I guess Harden's going back to Houston. I don't understand that move from him. Nevertheless, he must love it does Houston. seem he must love himself that, that in place Houston. Is dysfunctional right now. It's bizarre that that's whatever. Either way, it doesn't seem like James Harden is going to continue forth with the Philadelphia 76ers after the season. And yes, they have tried many things. However, the window is not closed for the Philadelphia 76ers because Joel Embiid is still there. And in fact, Joel Embiid in 2021 signed a Supermax extension that puts him a Philadelphia 76er through that 2026-27 season. If you want to have this conversation with me in 2027, then we can have the conversation about the window being closed for the Philadelphia 76ers if Embiid hasn't signed another extension from them. But right now, Joel Embiid is playing the best basketball of his career. He's quite literally about to win an NBA MVP, <laughs> despite my Miami Heat just getting the working him. Okay, last what game. A Never terrible I performance that was. I mean, from the I'm Sixers. just saying. The 76, now, given the 76ers have locked up seating, I'm not sure they were really trying, but Miami Heat, they whooped that ass. Anyways, I digress. The point is that if Joel Embiid is still playing like Joel Embiid for years to come, then the 76ers will always have a chance. Tyreek's Maxi. They will always have a chance to build around these guys, but I'm not sure that I believe in this current version of the 76ers. With the playoffs around the corner, some big games are going to come down to the wire. So who would you want to have the ball in that kind of scenario? Nick Friedel says the answer is obvious. I've watched that Suns team plenty in the last couple of weeks. I was out there when Kevin came back. I think he is in a great place because that team is only focused about basketball. There is no other drama going on off the floor. They believe in themselves. This team was two games away from the finals. They're to winning the finals a couple of years ago, and they believe in him. Having Kevin Durant on that team is like having the big brother protector on the floor. They know they have the ultimate trump card for a playoff run. Okay, guys, if you could have one player with the ball in their hands not named Kevin Durant, who would it be? Amber. Oh, not named Kevin Durant. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with this. <laughs> not named. Oh, man. She was um, like, I, I would take spot. Kevin Durant. Well, I would take Kevin Durant. I thought the question was going to be how you originally set it up, which like, is he the best? Do you agree with Fredell? Is he the best closer? Yes, he's the best closer. I, you know, um, man, Joe, give me some time. 
You want some time? All right, so here's what I'm supposed to do. And and one thing I've always said is I would never lie to the audience. What I'm supposed to do is say Steph Curry because I covered the Warriors for six years in the Bay Area. I love the Bay. I love the Warriors. I love Steph. But I've also seen big moments. Eh, I don't want to go into that. It's closer, though. It's not best shooter in the league. It's it's just the best closer. I I need someone who also has the ability to get to the rack. I'd probably go with Giannis. I know yeah. that LeBron would make the best play. He would drive and he'd either finish or he'd kick and he'd get a guy an open look. So that's a great option. But I'd go with Giannis. I would probably want to see if Giannis could get to the rack and make the play. That would be my selection right now. Yeah, I like that selection. I mean, LeBron's obviously an easy one to have in that conversation. It's just LeBron at 38. I think I probably would give the edge to Giannis in that conversation. For me, I don't think I would have even considered Steph on that list, frankly. Best shooter, yes, but best closer because, that's like you thing. said, closing is one thing. Inside. But he's had so many big games and big quarters that have swung games. But needing right. that last shot, guys come bum rushing him at the three point line. The size ends up being a bit of an issue. But the real answer is Kevin Durant. Like that is the answer. Durant and we, he's uh, the yeah, human the, bucket Katie getter. and and maybe the whole net story would have been very very different if, if just his shoes had been a little bit smaller. Brian Windhorse mm-hmm. was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max earlier today and said that the Mavericks could be facing a nightmare scenario this offseason. I don't know if the Mavericks can responsibly do it, but they may have painted themselves into a corner with Luka and Luka's comments earlier this week about how disappointed he was and how much it hurt to lose Jalen Brunson for nothing. If they lose Kyrie Irving for nothing, that's a nightmare scenario. Goodness knows what Luka might say or feel then. Mm. And so the Mavericks are out of position leverage-wise on this because of how poorly they've, they've performed since this trade. Luka Doncic is under contract for the Mavericks until the 2026 offseason. So the question is, does Luka Doncic win an NBA championship in Dallas? Joe. Oh, no. God, no. No. And that's not because of what happened this year. There's just too much that needs to happen in order to set that up, to navigate the West, to beat the beasts in the East. I mean, he's got to learn to play defense. As great of a bucket getter as he is, if he's going to be the star focal point of that team he can't be that awful on the other side of the court all of the greats are able to at least contribute on the defensive end Giannis LeBron people will point to Steph Steph will really try to up his defensive game when it matters and it's not great but it's not awful like Harden will be in certain situations Luka's defense is abysmal absolutely abysmal so no I thought your question was going to be would he be with the team in 2026 because that's a toss-up will they win a title by then no absolutely not I will say no, that he definitely won't win a title by then. And it has nothing to do for me with Luka. Like, I, I understand that Joe just referenced some Luka Doncic deficiencies there. I don't have a problem with Luka, even in terms of defensively. I think he's an amazing player, and you've got to build the right team around him. The problem is I don't trust Dallas to build the right team around him. I don't trust Mark Cuban to make the right decisions. And some of those decisions is what you just heard Wendy mention in that soundbite. You know, letting Brunson leave for nothing. Are we going to be in a situation where we see the same thing happen with Kyrie Irving? Frankly, I don't know if Luka even wants to play with Kyrie Irving. He said that he's not having – he certainly suggested that he's not – having any fun right now and is that because he doesn't love 
the style of play. I'm not talking about Kyrie in the locker room. I'm talking about the fact that you brought in another guy. Both of those guys are used to having the basketball in their hands at all times. Luca, in particular, is used to being one of the biggest ball hogs in the entire NBA. And him sharing the court with anybody else is is a problem when you're talking about these other stars and these other superstars. And so figuring out how to work that is no easy task for any GM or owner. I just don't have any trust because of the resume of Mark Cuban that he's going to be able to be the one that gets it done at least during this era, this contract of Luka Doncic's. It's one of the top stories of the offseason in the NFL, transitioning to football. What's next for Lamar Jackson? Well, regardless, Herm Edwards thinks that the situation in Baltimore won't end well for anyone. I think it's going to be a lose-lose. I think the Ravens have kind of dug in. Um, I don't think they're going to give him what he wants as far as his contract. And I think Lamar's dug in. And with that being said, I think Lamar will wait him out and might not show up. Okay, so if that's the case, and you look at Baltimore, they're in a division where right now you got Burroughs, you got Pickett, and you got Deshaun Watson, right? Those are the quarterbacks just in your division. So now you don't have a quarterback. So I think both parties suffer in this. Both parties. A little bit of a different type of question. Where do you guys want to see Lamar Jackson play next season? Amber. I think I I think I want to see him play with the Baltimore Ravens. I think I want to see them work it out after all this time. And I think the reason I want to see that, frankly, is just because we've been talking about this story for at least 24 months now that we've been going through these contract negotiations between Lamar and the Ravens. And I guess I feel like if we've been talking about when the deal is going to get done for two straight years, then at some point here, the deal has to get done. I'm not sure Lamar... I, I is going to find out that the grass is always greener. I'm also not sure the Ravens are going to, but it's funny in that bite from Herm Edwards. It's funny when everybody has this conversation about Baltimore, because everybody's acting like Baltimore uh, is in such a, a bleep storm without Lamar, which is true. But by the way, they do have another pro bowler in that quarterback room, Joe. Yeah, that is true. Um, I would say the San Francisco 49ers. I would love, absolutely would love, to see Lamar Jackson with the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan's offense, a bevy of running backs led by Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel who can run the ball, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. That would be so much fun to watch. I don't even know how much throwing they would be doing. But regardless, Kyle Shanahan's ability to not only scheme an offense, but to call plays. Those are two different things. Knowing what plays to call when, as well as to scheme up an offense, two different things. He's a genius in both categories. Having Lamar in that offense would be awesome to watch. Also, I mean, they already have two quarterbacks that are going to be deciding between. Why not bring a third back into that quarterback room with the departure there of Jimmy Garoppolo? And then you'll have three quarterbacks with durability concerns. I would take Lamar Jackson in Miami. Maybe that's my answer. (laughs) even though he has some durability concerns. Yeah, that's where I'd like to see him. As a Dolphins fan, that would be fun. When he's healthy, Lamar Jackson is in the zone. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up next, 114 games in three years. Not ideal for a supposed superstar. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, the podcast. All of the New Orleans Pelicans are going to win a play-in scenario and make it into a postseason. They're going to have to do it without their superstar in Zion Williamson. New Orleans Pelicans Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations David Griffin said that Zion Williamson will not practice with the team and will not play in any play-in tournament games in this scenario. So here we are, Joe. It feels like another month. Um, important games, another year, important games. No Zion Williamson. He's not available. He's not healthy. He can't play basketball for, for this Pels team. He got the money. That's all that mattered. He got the money. And you know what? Good for him. He was able to capitalize on the fact that for years, everyone was hyping him up as the next LeBron James. And then he went to Duke and the sneaker thing happened. And he came out as the number one overall pick. He got the rookie deal. He got the extension. It's all fully guaranteed. What more is there? What more is there? For some guys, they want to compete. For some guys, they want to be better. For some guys, it's all about basketball. Not this guy. Now, I'm sure he likes basketball. But, I mean, how much of this is injury? And how much of this is potentially preventable injury? Because he walks around at a really heavy weight. A really heavy weight. There's no way he's ever going to get slim like Chet Holmgren does. But there's been a lot of talk that he could avoid some of these issues, perhaps, or at least mitigate some of the damage if he wasn't so heavy. And every time you see him, he doesn't really strike me as a guy that's in the gym doing a ton of cardio to drop the pounds. Every single time we've seen him. 24 games his first year, 61 games his second year, third year didn't play at all. We got 29 games this year, and he's out. And there's never an update. You ever notice that? Mm -hmm. Standard injury, a guy is diagnosed, we're given a time frame, then when we get near the end of that time frame, we start to hear updates about, you know, Steph Curry's a perfect example. He's begun basketball workouts again. He went through a scrimmage today. We're hoping to have him back on the floor in limited minutes. Maybe he'll play 20 minutes in two weeks. We never even get updates on him. That's the problem. You don't even get an update like, well, it's a foot injury, here's why he can't play. I just don't think he wants to play. Well, and I wonder, I mean, there's different teams that do things different way in this particular league in the NBA. Like, I know the Miami Heat um, tend to not be transparent about injuries. But you're right. Typically, when it comes to the biggest stars, the superstars, and Zion Williamson is that just by virtue of name and how he came into the league, we do get more often the updates because also reporters are constantly asking those questions and badgering team personnel for answers. And so they tend to get something out of team personnel. Now, we don't tend to get much when it comes to Zion Williamson. He had a hamstring injury January 2nd. Right. January 2nd, Joe. We are learning on April, what is the date today? April, whatever it 7th, is. 7th, I believe. 7th, April 7th, that Zion Williamson's not going to play basketball the, seemingly the rest of the season. And that just feels like more than a hamstring injury for most players. But. This is where we are with Zion is it almost feels like these injuries are just so often they add up. Before I just read it was a hamstring injury. If you had asked me why Zion's been out the last couple months, I couldn't have even told you because 
it's like, all right, I don't know. Same old. He's always tweaking something. Something's always wrong. He's always injured. And so you feel bad for the guy from that perspective because on one hand, it could just be he is not built for this level of basketball. We have seen that in people's careers before where their bodies just can't handle their sport at the professional level. And it doesn't show up until you're a pro because you're not banging against the same caliber of bodies and you're not playing against the same caliber of player when you're in high school and the year that you're in college. And so stuff gets real, real at the professional level. Players are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, and frankly, a whole lot better. And so your body breaks down playing against that. But the other thing is what you said, that Zion Williamson also kind of quietly, maybe not so quietly now, has this reputation that maybe he isn't taking optimal care of his body. In a league where the LeBron Jameses of the world are spending a million dollars on their body a year, this guy comes in as one of the most highly decorated number one picks that I remember in recent time. And you're right. He seems to be walking around heavy. And now given, in fairness to him, it's hard to not be when you keep suffering injury because that makes it more difficult to work out, but it also makes you question what he's doing to take care of himself. He also doesn't help his case at all because he never talks. Right. You never hear him anywhere doing an interview saying, this is extremely frustrating. I can understand the frustration of the fans and the organization. Believe me, nobody's more frustrated than I am. I want to be on the court. I want to compete. This is a special team. It's not hard to say stuff like that. You don't even have to mean it. But to say stuff like that shows that you're a professional who understands. Being around the facility, being around the organization, saying those things to the media, that stuff helps. Meanwhile, you go to his Twitter account. Um, He's got a pinned tweet from 2016, I'm going to shock the world. And then underneath that, he retweeted something about Cheryl Swoops from March 25th. And then before that, March 24th, he promotes an ad that he did something with John Wick. So it's an ad that he's putting out. And then you have to go all the way back to February 13th for the last time he, he did anything. And it's just retweets. He's not saying anything. He's not communicating with anyone. Maybe there's some other platform that I'm missing, but it's not a good look when people sit here and they have questions and you don't want to answer them. The organization doesn't want to answer them. It doesn't add up to a situation where it's like, yeah, the guy's genuinely hurt. He's going through the process. Everyone's frustrated, but he'll be back. It feels like things are being covered up. It feels like you, you don't want the story out there. Right. And I know that a lot of people would say trade him. You're going to end up trading him for pennies on the dollar because the question is, does this kid want to play basketball? It doesn't seem like it. A little bit more active on his Instagram than you're describing on his Twitter, but who knows if that's him, right? I mean, these guys have teams behind them of people that sometimes they have entire social media teams where that's their entire job. So who knows? But there's no post like, you know, this is really bumming me out. This is what I want to, you know, do. And I'm out here working to try to get back, at least not right now. I'm sure it's frustrating for him as well. I, I mean, I do believe that you probably want to be to live up to the hype. Because nobody came into this, or very few, LeBron being the exception, but like nobody else came into this league with more hype than Zion Williamson. So I would imagine he wants to live up to the hype. So far, he frankly has not. Like, so far, the Grizz is looking at this like, we're glad we took John instead of, you know, ending up with Zion, even though that wasn't with that second pick as opposed to the first. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.